0: Tonight, let me just share a couple of announcements before we get into the Word of God. Uh, First of all, I want you to know that next Wednesday night, we will not be meeting in here. You will want to come to this site, but you're going to want to go to the worship center, which is further down, because we're having a a joint singing with the people of uh, Church of Christ. So come out next Wednesday night and enjoy that. It should be a lot of fun. Deb, is the time the same? 6.30? Great. Okay. Also, let me mention to you that this coming Sunday, uh, the Teen Challenge boys will be back with us, and their families will be with us. So uh, come ready to shake hands and love on the boys. And from what I understand, uh, they will now be back with us going forward. Uh, They've been able to get a larger, uh, or at least secure more volunteers to help them. And so now they can return to the services. So I know some people in our church have been asking on a weekly basis. Uh, we even had someone who called the office uh, last week and said, hey, when are the boys coming back? You know, and, and, and that's okay, that's good, because there's such a love in our hearts. I don't know, God just brought them together with us, and there's been kind of a, a special relationship with those boys. So it's exciting that they'll be back with us. Well, we're going to get into the Word tonight. And uh, uh, why don't we begin with prayer, as we always do, asking God to bless our time of study. Father, we do come before you giving thanks that your, your word is an everlasting word, that Scripture teaches in the Old Testament and the New Testament, that heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will stand forever. And we know that you yourself, Father, are immutable, you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we give glory to your name. That's comforting to us, that as we study the word of God, we're not talking about some culturally relevant uh, verse. We're not talking about something that fits this day and age that we live in. We're not talking about something that is here today and gone tomorrow. We're talking about the word that is always true always standing, always having a veracity to it. And tonight, Lord, may we grow in the Word. May we be challenged by the Word. May we find encouragement and comfort in the Word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I, I had Richard Richard and Earlene who were kind enough to pass out some sheets for you tonight. I'm sorry, live stream audience, Uh, you don't have these. Uh, I'm really not trying to lay it heavy on you, but it's just the reality of, of the situation. You should have a map which outlines the ministry of Elijah and Elisha. And then you should also have a document front and back that covers what the Scripture actually speaks about tonight. And these are the Acts of God through the ministry of Elijah. There were 16 of them. And then the acts of God through the ministry of Elisha, 32, exactly twice as many. And we'll study tonight and see why that's the case. So I just wanted you to have those documents and you can look them up if you want your own Bible study. The verses are there and everything. All right. Uh, But tonight we're going to be looking at chapter two in second Kings as we continue in this new book that we've started. It's really not a new book. Uh, it was the, the translators who, who made it first and second Kings. Uh, but really, quite honestly, it's just the Kings. It, it was one continuous book. And so let's begin at verse 1, chapter 2. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Now again, who is Elijah and who is Elisha? Elijah is the prophet of God who, on the day that stood before King Ahab on top of Mount Carmel, called down fire from heaven that consumed the sacrifice, and then he and, and God's men took out 450 prophets of Baal, false teachers, false prophets. They, God destroyed them on that day. He's the one who took off down the mountain and beat the king who was riding in a horse with chariot. And he beat him to the bottom of the mountain. And then the king's wife, Jezebel, put out a decree that she would have him dead by that time the next day. And Elijah, the man of God who just called down fire from heaven, all of a sudden is overtaken by fear from this woman. And he runs a great distance to hide. To hide. The reason he hides is because he thinks that he is the only prophet of God left who has not bowed down to Baal. And and so, you know, all of us can get into some stinking thinking. Isn't that true? Where we think wrong thoughts, we think the worst. We go to a doctor or a doctor says, I need you to come in. I want to talk to you about some test results. And immediately we go to the worst case scenario, don't we? Well, Elijah's like us. He's a human being. And and he too uh, thought the worst. And of course, God came to him by the angel of the Lord who ministered to him, provided food and drink for 40 days. And and then he, uh, he said, why are you here? And Elijah said, well, I'm the only one left. He said, well, what do you, get up and get busy. I've got things for you to do. I've got how many, prophets, how many prophets had not bowed down to Baal? 7,000 prophets who have not bowed down to Baal. You think you're the only one left? i got 7,000! So, amazing, amazing man of God who performed in his lifetime uh, by the work of the Holy Spirit uh, 16 significant events. Some were miracles, some were fulfilled prophecies, but a great man of God. And one of the things, the Holy Spirit, or the, I'm sorry, the angel of the Lord actually told him when he was in that wilderness place, and after he had fed him and he rested up, he said, Now it's time to go back to work. And he gave him three responsibilities. He was calling, he was to go and anoint three different people. And one of them was a young man named Elisha who was working out of his backyard with his oxen, tilling the ground. And he came up to him and he threw down his cloak, which in a sense was saying, I need you to follow me. God has chosen you. He's called you to follow me. And he said, well, let me bury my parents first and then I will. It wasn't that they were dying. It's that let me stay long enough to see them through their life. Let me put the first priority first and that is my parents and he said basically what jesus said let the dead bury the dead in other words uh, you you need to get on with the ministry and so he took his oxen and he chopped them up to make sacrifice on an altar that he made with the tilling equipment so he literally burned his vocation up he couldn't go back to it and he followed Elijah. So this is the calling of Elisha. And so now we come back to chapter 2, verse 1, and we see that the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, and Elisha is with him. There were other sons of the prophets, not just Elisha, but Elisha had a special relationship with Elijah. He sat under him. He was a student. Uh, Elijah would have been his mentor. So he's, in a sense, kind of like a protege. Uh, Elijah Elijah didn't choose Elisha.